In the name of Jesus, amen. Please be seated. It is as St. Paul says, there are many who walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. And we, as Christians, are to love what is good and hate what is evil. In our gospel, Jesus hated the evil malice of the Pharisees and the Herodians. And from our Old Testament reading in Proverbs, the fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. So how exactly do you hate evil? How do you respond to evil when it comes at you? You state the truth. For you have nothing to fear in this world if God's truth is on your side. In the same way we teach our kids, just tell the truth. When the truth is on your side, well, anyone who might call you a liar is just wrong. If you tell the truth and somebody says that is a lie, well, they are just quite simply wrong. Fear not what anyone can do to you, for the Lord is on your side. And that's not just a message for children. Fear not. The evils, the evils of this world. Instead, fear the Lord. Why? Because the Lord will always let you know what the truth really is. The Lord does not tell any lies. The Lord loves the truth and hates lies. Fear of the Lord and knowledge of this truth, well, it goes hand in hand. And where do you find the truth? Well, today we find it in the book of wisdom, Proverbs. Pay attention especially to verses 13 and 14. The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. Pride and arrogance and the way of evil and perverted speech I hate. I have counsel and sound wisdom. I have insight. I have strength. Well, what is evil? Well, in these verses, evil is pride. Evil is arrogance. Evil is perverted speech. And evil, as we know, evil takes its form in actions. Prideful actions, arrogant actions, and in actions of perverted speech. In other words, lies. First, well, is pride and arrogance. They certainly go together. And how do these take action? The evils of pride and arrogance, they take action in a very simple way. The evil of pride acts in a way that says, look at me. The evil of arrogance says, look at me. I'm up here and you're down there. Look at me, I got first place, and you did not. Look at me, I got the promotion, and you did not. 
Look at me, I've got this title or that, and you don't. Look at me, I was right, and you were wrong. Told you so. Look at me, listen to me, hear what I have to say. And well, the evils of pride and arrogance, it doesn't just have to be look at me, can also be look at us. Look at us. At least we're not like them. There are many in various groups of people in all sizes who want nothing more than for you to look at them and their wonderful accomplishments. Dear Christians, be warned of this danger. It can happen to us too. We must understand the evil dangers of look at me. Look at us. Instead, we must be continually reminded to look to the Lord and his wisdom. Thus also, the evils of perverted speech also takes action in a, in a simple way. Perverted speech is quite simply the corruption of truth. And when evil does its work, evil does not get rid of the truth by trying to eliminate it. Evil is much more cunning than that. For example, evil can add words to the truth. This is how evil perverts speech. For example, the truth says this about Jesus. There is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. The evils of perverted speech would like to add that there are also other names under heaven by which we can be saved. I say no, there is not. Evil can also subtract words from the truth. This is why, as a pastor, I am bound to counsel Christ's church on the entire truth. I am not to subtract words that accuse you of your sin. I am not to subtract the words of truth that just might make you squirm in your seat or even that which might make your stomach turn. I am bound to the truth. That's this yoke. And today's less comfortable truth is this. We are to hate evil. The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. Pride and arrogance in the way of evil and perverted speech I hate. You see, the Lord, too, hates the ways of evil. The Bible tells us so. And the Lord calls you to do the same. Now, I want you to understand something. Hating evil is not just an outpouring of anger. Hating evil is not merely made up of emotion. So then, how do you hate evil? Well... Evil, as we have learned, they, it takes action by ways of pride, arrogance, and perverted speech, and we are called to respond. We respond with the clear counsel of the Lord. We respond with the sound wisdom of God. We respond with the insight of the will of God. Respond 
according to God's word, and lo and behold, you are responding with the strength of the Lord. Why does God want you to respond to evil, though? Well, for when you speak the truth that you have come to know from God's word, and you rightfully describe an evil action as evil to someone, it is possible that that person repents because they heard God's truth. But yet, if you don't say anything, repentance at that moment is certainly not possible. Silence in the face of evil is, is not God's will. Was there not a time for each of us that God's word was spoken and we as the accused dropped down to our knees? What if, what if that word of accusation were not spoken? But you, my friends, you heard, you repented, and you are forgiven of your sins. You see, in the wake of silence toward evil, there is a terrible condition left behind. That person simply has no seeds planted in them. It's like being a sower withholding seed. How could they consider God's view if nothing is said? Now we have our fears about speaking up. And that fear will bear fruit in silence toward evil. Or sometimes we just have incorrect responses toward evil. Just leave me alone. Just leave us alone. But no, Christians are called to task. Psalm 139, verses 20 through 22. They speak against you with malicious intent. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with complete hatred. I count them my enemies. Hating evil with this psalm is to be a complete hatred. A hatred that is, that is perfect. Now sometimes we call this righteous anger. It is the same hate that we have toward our own sin. And in this psalm, it is also a hate for those who have malicious intent. These are the Lord's enemies, as they are in our gospel. Since they are the Lord's enemies, dear Christian, they are also ours. Again, a complete hatred is not what you might think. It is not an emotional outburst of anger. But at times it can be passionate, even enthusiastic. It is a zeal for the Lord. If, if during the next baptism we have here, and we have the font in the middle, if I were to go out to the door before it started and demand $20 from everyone who enters, that is evil. And you would hate it. Indeed, you would rightfully hate it. 
you would indeed respond. You would say something to me, and your choice words would speak of God's truth. You would indeed even remove me from my post. Why? Because you have a zeal for the Lord. But this complete hatred, as described in that psalm, it doesn't have anything to do with your ego. We Christians are not out to avenge ourselves. It is just as our proverb says, seeking and responding with the truth. The Lord has counsel on how to do this. The Lord has sound wisdom on how to do this. The Lord has insight on how to do this. And through all that, the Lord gives you strength to do it. Now, I do want to remind you of something else our Lord says from Romans. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Now, with this, Christians must acknowledge that there are times that God allows for occasions when we cannot live peaceably. There are times when the enemy, is the enemy is allowed by God to have a say in the matter so that this living peaceably with all cannot depend on you. If you are attacked, you are attacked. In other words, God is not saying that we must live peaceably in every single circumstance. That would be not to defend your own household. That would be not to defend, defend your church or yourself. It is as God says, if possible, so far as it depends on you. So, there will be times where we all come to behold an enemy who displays evil pride and arrogance. Now often... It is an enemy who at the same time rages with perverted speech. Christians, seek counsel in the truth. Seek wisdom and insight. And the Lord will give you some very good advice such as this. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. You see, when we are kind and loving to our enemies, they will rage all the more. Take note of this, because that's what the Lord wants. To heap burning coals on his head. Now, how are we, though, to be wise as serpents and innocent as doves in the meantime? We can learn some of that from our gospel. When the enemy is hungry... He is often hungry for you to state your allegiances. When the enemy is thirsty, he's usually thirsty for you to see what you say about the matter. About the matter. Feed them. Nourish them with the truth, law, and gospel. In this way, you hate evil and overcome evil with good. But... What happens with the heaping of coals upon their heads? If no repentance, well, the, you'll notice that the raging of evil increases. 
And so it was also for our Lord Jesus Christ. This is displayed in the gospel reading today. Evil attacks with pride, with arrogance, and perverted words. And Jesus responds. In our gospel, malice is clearly stated. Malice that Jesus is fully aware of. The same malicious intent we heard in the psalm earlier. The response of Jesus Christ to malice. Why put me to the test, you hypocrites? Here we have a clear statement of truth done in a passionate manner. But yet, he's wise as a serpent and innocent as a dove. And in doing so, Christ continues to respond and comes to the ultimate statement. Render to God the things that are God's. The Jews were hungry for Jesus to give his allegiance either to them or to Herod or to Caesar. And by Jesus feeding them the ultimate truth, allegiance to God, Jesus heaped burning coals on the Pharisees and Herodians' heads. And they raged all the more. They arrested him. They tortured him. They crucified him. The crucifixion. That's where this comes full circle. The fear of the Lord is the hatred of evil. We fear, we worship the Lord because in faith we hate evil. We hate our own evils. We hate our sins. We hate our prides. We hate our arrogances. We hate our own perversions of speech. We hate our own evils because our Lord hates evil. And he has rebuked us. Our Lord has accused us of our sins. And we confess our sins to him. And he forgives us all of them. For the sake of the Son of God who died for the punishment of our evils. For the times that we did not respond to evil. Jesus lets the evil of the world attack him unto death. And for the times that we are silent, or for the times that we just don't know what to say toward evil, Christ gives us 66 books, his holy word. Just as the Lord has called us to hate our own evil sins, the Lord calls us to hate evil. And it's not a comfortable thought. It's not an easy thought for a Christian. We'd rather love. We'd rather love than hate. But now that we have a better scriptural understanding of the word hate, we need to consider the scriptural understanding of the word love. Because, well, it seems so much more comfortable to love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Which is true. But loving your enemy is not letting your enemy do whatever they want. Love is not about giving permission to the enemy. Just as you would not let the evil of an enemy say or do things to destroy you or your family or your faith. Loving your enemy 
does not mean permitting your enemy to threaten you, to threaten your family, to threaten your church, or your neighbor. Love is not permissive. Love is speaking the truth. Love, in fact, rebukes you and shows you your sin. Love speaks the truth and shows you your Savior. For God so loved the entire world, including enemies who act evil. And in this sinful world, God hates evil. And in the fear of the Lord, so should we. That is part of the calling of a Christian. The hatred of anything that is contrary to the will of God, because the will of God is good and perfect. And so, a Christian's response must be informed by God's word. You see, there is a very real physical and spiritual battle for souls going on in this world. A battle between good and evil. Between God's will and the will of the spirit of the world. Cling to what is good. Despise what is evil. But we can take heart, my friends, because the hatred of evil is a temporary calling. The hatred of evil, which is within the necessary justice of God, it's only necessary, though, in times of sin. It'll only be for a little while, because in heaven, sin and evil are no more. And my friends, our citizenship is in heaven, and from it, we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.